Welcome to the dynamic teaching of Pastor Nife Ibiemi, lead pastor of Love Dominion Assembly International. It is his vision to unveil the culture of Zion through the word and discipleship. Ready, set, grow. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hallelujah to your name. We yield ourselves to you this morning as we go into your word. We ask that you open our heart in the name of Jesus. I yield myself, Lord, there will be scissors flow of utterance by your spirit in the name of Jesus. It's my prayer that you will bless everyone here, that none will return the same way they came in the name of Jesus. That those that are weak will receive strength. Those who need healing will receive healing. Those who need saving will receive saving in the name of Jesus. Those who need deliverance, they will receive deliverance in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. We can have our seat in God's presence. Celebrate Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So good to see us, to see our faces. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. Amen. All right, today, today I'm probably going to be sharing a thought. And I'm, you know, I'm going to yield myself as much as possible to the floor of the Spirit. And I pray that every one of us will be blessed. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I, I feel like um, encouraging someone here. This morning, to stay in the race, don't quit. Stay in the race. Hallelujah. Don't quit. Stay in the race. Look your neighbor and tell your neighbor, don't quit. Stay in the race. Say, don't give up. Look your neighbor and tell your neighbor, say, don't give up. So we're doing the preaching together. Amen. Amen. It's not give up especially when it is needed not to give up it's not good to give up especially when it is necessary not to give up okay there are things that we do that does not require us to give up there are things that definitely require us to let go amen so i'm not going to say well you don't give up on all things there are things you do need to give up on especially when they are not going to be productive there are things that won't be productive hallelujah yeah so you know basically the teaching this morning um uh, is going to be going in the okay let's 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 pick up a uh the first reference uh let's start from hebrews hebrews and chapter 12 hebrews the book of hebrews chapter 12 hebrews and 12 if you're there say jesus is lord hebrews and chapter 12 he says wherefore Seen also, Hebrews 12 from verse 1. He said, Wherefore, seen also, as seen, we also are compassed about with so great cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does easily, does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience, patience the race that is set before us. And how, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised, seen the shame, and, um, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Praise the Lord. So he says that, he says, 
that things that we are compassed about with so great cloud of witnesses, he said, let us lay aside every weight and sin that does that dot or does easily beset us. And this is this is quite important because um uh, uh you know I mean we this is this, this goes without saying that there is no way, I mean we every day we okay, I want to do something, and what I'm doing is I want to extrapolate a concept that uh, that I believe that all of us can learn from. And it is uh, related to Jesus, but I believe that it is applicable for all visions and all decisions. I repeat again, I am trying to extract, okay, because the word I just used now, extrapolate. You know, some a little confused. It's not too big, actually. So um, now, so I'm trying to see how we can learn from a certain concept in the Bible, and we can use that concept and apply it in our life, and we will get results from that concept. Okay. So uh, basically, the the book of Hebrews, what we just read now, in context, it was talking about um, about the Hebrew church. Oh, and, and the Hebrew church, okay, they had believed Jesus, and uh, at this point, they were already losing faith in agreeing that the same Jesus, whom they have believed is the Messiah. So I repeat again. So the Hebrew church, so we're reading the book of Hebrew. So this is the background. The Hebrew guys, okay, they had the covenant. They had the Old Testament. We didn't have the Old Testament. They had a prophet. They had the they are all they had all the books. We did not have those things. So in the books, they had been promised the coming of a Messiah. Are we together? So now the Messiah came two thousand years ago in the person of Jesus. But they found it. They found it then hard to believe that this same Jesus. Can be or the, is the answer to what the prophet had been written or had written. Are you following me, everybody? So now, so some of them later believed. So when they had believed, they were still confused, even though they had believed that it is Jesus. But they were still confused that, hey, maybe it's not the same Jesus. Maybe the Jesus we believe is not the same Jesus. Are we together? So it's a old church in. You know, the Hebrew church. So there were other guys who had come to tell them that the same Jesus that they had believed could not have been the Savior. So we are, now we are now seeing within the church, are we together? We are now seeing within the church people who were not sure that the same Jesus that they had believed is the Savior. So there we now have mixed multitude in the church. And this is very important, very, very important. Uh, because if we don't understand this, a lot of things are going to affect how we even understand the scriptures, especially the book of Hebrews. So listen up. The book of Hebrew, the background, the book of Hebrew is written to that effect. To encourage the, you know, the weak or weary church to believe again that the same Jesus is the Christ. And that's why, you know, I, I know we had said it several times a long time ago, that the book of Hebrew is, I call it the book of comparison. Okay? If you read the book of Hebrew, study the book of Hebrew properly, carefully, you will see it's a book of comparison. If you read from Hebrews chapter 1 
to the end. Without, you know, just read, you would see that the writer of Hebrew is trying to arrive at a point to convince those who are already weary, okay, to agree to them, to, to bring them to the consciousness that Jesus. So, for example, we read in Hebrews 1, 1, Hebrews chapter 1, you know, he wrote about angels. So he compared Jesus with angels. Because why? Because the Hebrew church, the Hebrew guys, are we together? Yes, the Hebrew guys are familiar. They were, better still, familiar with the concept of angelic ministry. They understand what is angels. Just follow me. So they understand what is angels. Why? Because they had experienced the ministry of angels. They, has, they had seen the arms of angels. In the deliverance of Israel, okay, there were, we saw the ministry of angels. Angel came, and angel of death came, okay, and killed the firstborn, okay, of Egypt. So they are familiar with that. They are familiar with angel visiting Abraham. So they had read it. They read all these things. So they knew that the angels are powerful. In strength, they are vigor. In strength, okay, are we together here? And they are very, very, very vicious. And also, you know, they can, you know, they, they have, you know, a military might. Are we together here? So they understand that. So the book of Hebrews chapter 1. So the writer of Hebrews compared, compared, you know, Jesus. For example, in Hebrews chapter 1, he said, God has sundry times. Okay, I'm not supposed to do this, but I don't know why there's an impression in my spirit to do it. Okay, I will do it anyway. So, you know, in Hebrews chapter 1, are we together? In Hebrews 1, so you see that, you see, he says that, he says, of which of the angels did God at any point, okay, call my sons? So he now says that when he brought the first son, the only begotten into the world, he says, let all the angels, what, worship him. So what he's trying to do is that he's trying to present a case that the angels that they had in their mind, that this same Jesus is superior to the angels. Now, then again, in chapter 2, chapter 3, that he went to Moses in chapter 3. In chapter 3, he went to Moses. Say, because Moses, there's no way. If you're reading the Old Testament, you will know that Moses is a powerful figure. So he says, so it was very difficult for the people of Israel to just assume that this same Jesus, born in you know, Bethlehem, Judah, okay, this same guy, Nazarite, this same guy, I mean, who is born to Joseph, ordinary Joseph, can be called the Savior. So it's quite difficult for them. So he's saying, because you can't compare the same Jesus to Moses. You can't say it's the same Jesus that Moses wrote about. So he, he compared Moses to Jesus in Hebrews 3. Then Hebrews 4, he compared Jesus to Joshua. In Hebrews 5, he compared Jesus. He now began to explain the priesthood order. Then if you keep reading and reading and reading, why? The whole essence, okay, is to, to boost their faith, to strengthen their faith, so that they will not backslide. They will not draw back in believing Jesus. I'm going somewhere. Are you following everybody? So, so that is the whole essence of the book of Hebrew. I, I'm saying something that we must learn something from this. See, in, in, see, this is it. This guy, listen up. This guy, they had believed Jesus. They had come to them. They had told them that Jesus is the son of God who died for their sins. And they had believed. But not long after they had believed, they got weary in their faith. So in the race that is set before them, they got discouraged. So there was a diminishing effect in their zeal towards the name of Jesus. Are we together? Now, this is it. 
and, and that's why I'm saying that we are going to extrapolate from this in the sense that we have visions, we have plans, we have, you know, there are many people who just started a relationship, some start a business, you start something, but there are times when, there are times when, okay, when there are diminishing effects to the starting zeal. And that's what I'm trying to say here. It, most of the time, there's, there's most of the time there is not a problem to start something is not a problem. But the problem, the challenge is to finish. Finishing strong is the challenge here. Okay, and before you can finish strong, you have to stay in the race. So you cannot just start and finish tomorrow. So you start and finish. For example, you are starting a career, if you are starting a relationship, or you are letting go of some old habit. You are just about starting to embrace Christ. Or you just received Jesus for the first time. Probably last week. Probably two months ago. Probably one last year ago. You just received Jesus. You just stepped out. You just start out. You're just starting a business. You're just starting a journey. Probably just want to move to a new country. Or you whatever, whichever endeavor you're just starting. It is not difficult to start. The same thing happened to the Hebrew church. They had started. Starting is not a problem. Anybody can start anything. You can start a music class. You can start a piano lesson. You can start a, you know, you can start medicine. People have seen a lot of people, even in this church, people come, people, they start medicine. They you know from the beginning, when we started, I remember. So they start medicine. After the first year of anatomy, biochemistry, all the, you know, the pathways and everything, they say, ah, this thing is not for me. I don't think it's not for me, especially when they enter the class and they see you just enter class and you now see somebody who has first degree in biochemistry. He's now coming to class. He's not he's just as say, no, you know, this thing, this thing, this thing, this is the pathway, this is the substrate, this is the enzyme. And you, when you leave the class, you say, ha ha, I don't think this is for me. How can I be in the same class with this kind of person? And you start having a diminishing strength towards in your zeal, towards the same career or the same pathway. It could cost across everything. But what we are doing here is that we are extrapolating some concepts here. In the Hebrews church, and we are going to see how we can use this to apply this to our life and get, you know, active and practical results. Am I communicating to us here? Are we together here? Very important. There are two things. So this is it. So we're looking at something. So we're looking at expectations because if you start a business or you're starting a journey or anything, there is definitely an expectation, isn't it? So for example, are we together? Am I too fast? All right, thank you. So for example, if you're starting something, there is an expectation. How many of you want to start medicine here and fail at the end? Nobody. How many want you want to start business and fail next year? Nobody. Are you going to try to say, at least everyone who is starting business or starting something have some kind of level of expectation. But to be honest with you, not all expectations are always met. It is, it is, there's nothing you can do about there's nothing you can, There's no amount of prayer. Not all expectations are always what? Are always met. Are we together? Yeah. So there are many reasons why, okay, we're going to say something. I'm going to use some, you know, uh, we're going to preamble around, you know, certain concepts. Number one, sometimes, are we together? Sometimes, when there is a delay, the Bible says in Proverbs 13, 12, it says, hope deferred, okay? It says it wearies the soul. You can put it there. It says, hope, look at it. It says, hope that defers. What does it do? It makes the heart sick. But when the comes, it is a tree of life. What, what does it mean here? For example, if you start something, so you are hoping to get something out of what you just start. But if what you are, what you are hoping for, it does not come, it is easy for the heart to be sick. Yoruba says it well. I wish I could say it because many people, he said, 
I'm sorry, what it means, what I just said here, okay, is what he's saying there. Are we together here? Forgive my, you know, English or Yoruba. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, and, and that is it. That is it. So, you must, you must understand. You must understand so that you don't allow hope that is defying eh, to sicken your soul or to make sick your soul or your heart. Are we together? Now, one reason why this always happens is this. Most of the time, expectations are not realistic. Are we together here? Yeah. Most of it. So, for example now, if you are hoping something, okay, and what you are hoping for is not realistic, you may never get it. Let me tell you something. See, let me even give us a little concept here, you know, because last Sunday we talked about money a little. And I'm going to talk about money a little small here. You know, you know the concept of, you know, we have talked about the concept of one fold. You know, when you say give, you know, when you give unto God, you have one hundred, one fold increase. I have told us there several, I've told us there a long time ago that that is a lie and it is a big scam and it does not happen. Okay? Because this is, if, you, if indeed that when you give, you get one hundred fold in return. Forget about whether, you know, that's, this is what, you know, if you give, that's a good concept. If I give um, one hundred lari, what do I, or one hundred dollars, what do I get back in return? Ten thousand, yeah? One hundred dollars? Do your math well. Hundred folds. Hundred folds is times ten, times one hundred. Oh, we are doing hundred percent, Abby. No, it's times one hundred. That's hundred folds. Okay? Ten K, ten thousand. So, now, if indeed, if indeed, I give one hundred dollars, Okay, and I have 10,000 back. <laughs> what are we not talking about here? Now, I know because, I, I, of course, you have to be smart about it. You may not want to even give the entire 10K. But the thing is that if it is true that it's 100% sure banker, then there's no need. You can, you know, you can put back the 10,000. And when you put back the 10,000, what do you get back? One million dollars. <laughs> Hallelujah. And if you get one million dollars back, now, what do you do back? If you, that's $100 million. So let's say you don't even put everything back. $1 million, it would, be, you know, it would not be wise for you to put everything back. Because it's, you know, it's offering. And you give it to God. So let's say you put 500000 500, So that you boil with and drip with the remaining 500000 So the 500000 that you have times 100, how much is that? $50 million. Now, what I'm trying to say by now, everyone in the church... Every believer would have been a what? A billionaire. Now, but it's a scam. It's not true. That's not, that concept is not true. Now, that, that's, you know, there's nothing you can do about it. Whether you like what I'm saying or don't like what I'm saying, it's your personal problem. It's not true. Are you going to try? Whether you like it, just say, what is this? I'm telling you this. There's nothing. If you don't like what I'm saying, it is just, you just continue in the fully. There's nothing. You, you know, and then me tell you, so the only person that such me benefits is the person, you know, <laughs> Are you going to try to say, yeah? <laughs> Amen. Okay. We are, we are not, we, are, we should give, okay? It's good to give. It's good to give. But that's, that's the truth. For example, if 100, if 10, 1,000 people here gather, and everybody give 100, Larry, or 100, 100 dollar, and what do we have? $100,000. Okay? You know the person that he benefits. I won't say for, I won't go further than that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, it depends. It depends on how you channel it. Anyway. Praise God. So what I'm trying to say is this. I have come to that point where I've met a lot of believers or folks who said they are believers. 
People who said they are believers. And now, to be, see, whether you like, th these people exist, and they exist in their numbers, that they feel that they had given so much, and they are not getting anything in return. And in that, in that vein, they now conclude that God does not work. In other words, they, they have had unrealistic hope. Am I communicating? See, there are hopes that are unrealistic. There are certain things that are unrealistic, but you have, you have put enough zeal in that part. You will never get results. Am I communicating? You, there is no way you pursue an unrealistic expectation that you get results, no matter the amount of zeal that you're putting in it. That, that's the point. We are not saying that God does not bless, that the God does not bless nobody that gives. But we are saying that the entire concept of the increase, it's the, the entire concept you know, is wrongly interpreted from the scriptures. Praise God. But look at it. Look at something here. Let me show you something here. Look at Act. Something that I want to extrapolate here. Look at Act. Act. Oh, sorry. Um, look. Look. Wow. There's so much things to still touch, but I believe we're going to touch it. And the, the intention, to be honest, the intention of this is to bless us. Okay? You see, what I'm trying to say is that there are certain things that many people pursue that are unrealistic, and that's why they go weary. In that case, if it's unrealistic, eh, you let go. Let me show you something. Hebrews 24. Are you there? Look, look, look. Thank you. Sorry. Luke 24. There's no Hebrew 24 anyway. Luke 24. Are you there? Now, Luke 24. Let's start reading from Luke and chapter 24. Let's start reading from... Hmm. Let's start reading from verse 13. Hmm? Mm hmm Good. And before... And, and behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus which was from Jerusalem about three score long, and they talked together all these things which had happened. So let me give you a background. Listen up. So let me give you a little background. So this was after Jesus' death and resurrection. So Jesus had resurrected. Now the disciples had gone to the grave. So there were women, some women went to the grave to see if Jesus was there. So they didn't see him. Then they found angels. An angel told them that, oh, the same Jesus you are looking for is no more there. Okay, the tomb is empty. So they went to the disciples and told the disciples that Jesus is not there. And the disciples rushed down to check. So the, the, the news is already spreading around the city that the same Jesus had risen. Okay, of course. But they didn't believe. Okay, so let's keep reading. So they thought probably his body was stolen. Are you there? So these are two of his disciples. So they're now walking together on the road. Ah! What? This thing, eh? that is, look, just imagine. How can they say, really? So just imagine that kind of conversation. Okay, good. Now look at it. Verse 14. And they talked together all these things that happened. Verse 15. And it came to pass that while they commune together, while they talked together and reasoned, Jesus himself, Baba, drew near and went with them. Verse 16. Their eyes were holding that they should not know him. Are you following everybody? Now, and he said unto them, what kind of communication are these that you have one to another as you walk and are sad? So, obviously, they were sad. Okay. Verse 18. And the one of them, which name was Cleopas, answering said unto him, are you only a stranger in Jerusalem? And you don't know 
The things that is happening in our days, you must be a stranger. Okay. Then he's trying to explain. And Jesus said unto them, what things, Baba? <laughs> and they said unto him, it is concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet mighty in deeds and the word before God and all the people. Verse 20, and how the chief priests and, and our rulers is that delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted. Look at it. Did you see that? Yeah. Now, what did they do? He said, we trusted that it had been, it had been he, we should have what? And beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. And yet, certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulchre. And when they found out his body, they came saying that they, they, they had... They had also seen a vision of angels which said that he was alive. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulchre and found it even so as the woman had said. And him they saw not. Now, look at Now, what, what, did, what did Jesus reply? Everybody, let's read Jesus' reply together. One, two, go. Now, look at Look at So, Jesus told them what? Oh, what? Oh, what? So why did Jesus call them fools? You just, I, I want you to just imagine Jesus calling them fools. Amen. Picture it in your mind. Amen. Sometimes you need to picture Jesus. Jesus could say something in your mind. So Jesus told them, he said, you guys are fools. Why? We are fools because you are slow of heart to have believed all that the prophets have said. Now let me say this. So what did they believe? They believed that it was Jesus that would redeem Israel. Now, what type of redemption? Let me explain. So, at the, at the point that Jesus came, the Roman soldiers, see, listen, listen, listen. At the point that Jesus came on it, the Roman soldiers had already, they, were, they, already, they already had Israel, okay, captive with spear and sword. So, they were the Roman soldiers were the one in charge. They were done in the city. Are we together? So, so of course, they gave expression for them to practice whatever religion they are practicing. But they were, they were the one, they opened their own church. You know what I mean by church? Yeah. Now, okay, let's just to help us. The word church, 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 church. Church is from the word ecclesias. So the first, the word church was taken from the Romans, from the Greek. It's not, it's not, a, it's not a spiritual concept earlier. Now it's a spiritual concept. So what the church simply means, ecclesias. That's the Greek word. It means they're called out once. So the concept of church is this. When the Roman soldiers or the Greek armies, when they're going to take over a new city. So for example, let's say Nigeria is just staying on its own. Okay? Nobody is affected. Nothing is affecting. We're just staying on our own. And now, Roman soldiers are now sending soldiers to conquer uh, Nigeria. For example, sorry, those are not Nigeria. I'm using Nigeria as an example, okay? Because I'm from Nigeria. So now, the Roman soldiers come to Nigeria and on getting to Nigeria, what they now do is this. After conquering the armies of the Nigeria army, so they will now send some people from Rome who understand the Roman culture, who understand, um, you know, uh, the Roman culture and practices, okay, you know, traditions. So they will now call them out, okay, and send them to Nigeria. So those people, they call them out. So they send them to Nigeria to now rule in Nigeria. So they now make legislation. So they call, so they, those people are called, they're called out once. So they are called the church. 
So is it a Roman church like ecclesias? Means the called those that are called out from the multitude, and they are not ordinary people. They are people that have been that are experts. So it's like what happened in you know Nigeria or any other country. So after taking them captive, okay, they sent people there to do what? To teach them English. To begin to teach them Roman language. Teach them teach your daughters English. Okay, that's why people start calling themselves Peter. You know James. You know Gabriel. Okay, you can try to say yeah. My name is Nifer. You know that's you can try to say yeah. So they they taught. They now come. Okay, and start giving different names. So you now start feeling inferior. That's why Yoruba is not vocabulary. <laughs> vernacular, sorry. <laughs> vernacular, thank you. <laughs> you see, you see, did you see how deep it is? So in, in secondary school, primary school, if you speak your own language, it becomes vernacular. It means a language that should not be spoken. Is that not what it says? Is that meaning of vernacular? Is that something strange? <laughs> you will pay fine. If you speak vernacular, you speak fine. You see, the thing is entrenched. They've, it has gone deep, 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 deep inside. Even if you were native, just imagine now. I'm, I'm even preaching now. You see, I'm preaching now. You see what I'm wearing? <laughs> it has gone deep. Praise God. It has gone deep. But normally, normally, you are supposed to wear your own. You know what I'm trying to say here? Yeah. Your, you know, that's the way you roll That's the way it's supposed to be. But what I'm trying to say is that. The church, what the church do is that the church are called at once. So when that's why Jesus said, that's why Jesus told Peter that on this rock, on this revelation that I am Christ, I will build my own church. So in other words, I will call, I will build my own called at once. Where are they going to be called out from? From the world. So it's a concept that is understood by everybody. When Jesus said, I will build my own church, it means that I will build my own called at once. So those that will be called out from the world. So when you receive Jesus, what happened to you? You have been called out of the world, then you are now part of the church. The church is not a building. The church is a gathering, is a, is a gathering of people who are called out. Called out from the world. It's not that way I'm going to the church. It is true we are going to the church. Because now reference we are talking about the building. But actually, it is you. You are the church. So the church is meeting in the hall. I used to get, I'm trying to say, yeah, you are the church. You have been called out from the world. You have the Holy Ghost. That's why you have been called out from the world. But what did I say before I go there? So now, yeah. So these guys, are we together, everybody? These guys, they have a particular hope. And what is the hope? The hope that Jesus, when Jesus came, listen, when Jesus came on earth and Jesus was healing the sick, raising the dead, they thought the reasons why the disciples were with Jesus, the reasons why they were following him is that they thought that one day, Jesus will probably go to the to Caesar and just say, <laughs> and Caesar, you know, it's gonna be like you know Avengers. Yeah. <laughs> so that Jesus will come as an Avenger and take the Caesar's throne or conquer Rome, and from there they will rule the entire world. Are you getting trying to say yeah? So normally, so is that is that not an expectation? Yeah. So good. So in other words, they follow a particular pathway. Okay, zealously, hoping that they will achieve it. They will never achieve it. Look at it. Look at it. You will see. Act. Go to act. The same thing. We are going somewhere. We are not even started. This is part A of it. But we'll finish today. Now, look at, are we together, everybody? Now, act one. So don't forget what we read in Luke 24. So the two guys were talking to Jesus. They said, we thought it was him that would redeem what? Israel. 
Then, now, we're now hearing, so, because we thought it was him that we redeemed Israel, so why, so why do you think they would be crying when Jesus died? Why, why do you think they would be crying when Jesus died? That their hope of captivity remained forever. So, when you see tears in their eyes, it's not a tear of salvation or a tear of repentance. It's a tear of her. So, we are going to be under Caesar for a long time. Are you going to try to say? So, expectation. So, what we are trying to say is this. In your pursuit to self, ensure that your expectation, what I'm trying to do is that I'm trying to ensure that you get an accurate Bible doctrine and yet you extrapolate it. Are we together? And yet you extract it and apply it to your life. So, there are certain, there are certain expectations that are unrealistic. You can never get the result. Are we together? So look at it. Look at Act 1. Act 1, chapter 1. Everybody go there. Act chapter 1. Amen. He said, The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to do and to teach. So this is um, Luke writing to Theophilus. Okay? Until the day in which he was taken up, and after that, he through the Holy Ghost had given commandment to the apostles whom he had chosen. So whom also he showed himself alive. Okay, let's jump. Let's jump to 14. Verse 4. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you have heard of him. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. And when therefore they were come together, listen, listen everybody. Are you together? Verse 6. And when they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will you at this time now eh, restore again? Now, you know, the point is that because after, you know, he had died, they cried, and suddenly they heard that he had risen. And they were happy that, wow, he praise God. So now, our hope is alive again. But it's not the real hope. We are t- I'm talking about some things that where is the soul. Because hope defies, we wear the soul. But when it's an unrealistic hope, you will never get it. So it will remain defied. So now here comes them. Jesus resurrected and gathered them to talk to them, you know, what is going to happen. They still ask the question again. So that's what I was telling you earlier, a while ago, that the apostles were not born again when Jesus was with them. They were not saved. You can never say the disciples were saved when they were with Jesus. You cannot say you are learning from Peter. Then, about salvation things. It's not, or we are learning from John. The one that they are able to pick, that Peter picked, Jesus said, ah, flesh and blood has not revealed this. It must be by the Spirit. Ah, how could you pick something like this? That's why Jesus could tell them that I have many things I wish to tell you, but you cannot bear them now. You cannot bear them. I, I have some things I want to tell you. You cannot bear them. He said, when the Holy Spirit will come, he will guide you into all truth. Are we together here? Yeah. Yes, <laughs> look at it. He said, look at what they said. Look at question. He said, will you restore again what? I love, see, you see, Jesus, when Jesus answered, he did not say yes or no. Because that question can cause stomachache. <laughs> really. Because, you know, you already told them. You said, oh, fools. You remember? So, now, after you have said somebody is a fool. And now, they are still not ans- asking the same question again. And you shall receive power. Okay? Understand this. You receive power. After the Holy Ghost has come upon you, then you'll be witness unto me. 
So look at her. <laughs> I love him. Look at it. He said, so he now brought the direction again. He said, see, listen, you'll be witness unto me. So what is the essence of my death resurrection? So that you receive the Holy Ghost. So when you receive the Holy Ghost, what will you do? You'll be my witness in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, into the uttermost part of the earth. That is the responsibility. So in other words, Jesus is saying that even the Roman soldiers need saving. The Roman soldiers need the Holy Ghost. That's why Paul could say, and my act and our desire for Israel is that they might be saved. Because Israelites are not automatically saved. Yeah, yeah. He said, I pray that they might be saved. That is it. So there's some expectations, there's some hope, okay, that get dashed because the expectations are what? Are unrealistic. Now, there are some hope, okay, that are realistic, but they get dashed because of the quality of zeal that you are putting to it. Or especially because of the challenges you face. So let me explain this to you clearly so that you understand this. So look at it. Then I say, hope you have an expectation. It could be anything you want to have a beautiful home. You want to have a good business. You want to have money. You want to have something. So you have an expectation. But now the hope, the expectation is diminishing. Or better still, the strength to pursue that pathway is diminishing. Not because it's, real, it's unrealistic. But it's because you, okay, have refused to face the challenges that you face in the pathway headlong. This is it. The fact that, let me tell you something. What makes, please please help me. Now, the fact that there is an expectation and the fact that you are a believer filled with the Holy Ghost does not mean that you will be without challenges. You will be with what? Challenges. It's important. Let me tell you why the challenges are important. Listen up. The challenges makes you feel you. I want you to interpret it like that. The challenges, eh, the challenges you face makes you feel you. I will explain. Hallelujah. But how else will you know that you are more than a conqueror? Until you feel you, the challenge come and you are more, you exact. I am more than a conqueror on the challenge. Conqueror. You know you something like Conqueror. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. So it, that, that's, that's what it is. So, on, and this is what is happening to the Hebrew church in the Hebrews that we read. The Hebrews we read. You know, the writer of Hebrews, in Hebrews 10, 36 or 26, he said this. He said, cast not away your confidence, which adds what? A great recompense of reward. Are we together here? He said, cast not away your confidence. Why? Because they had believed Jesus. Listen. They had believed Jesus. And now, they are thinking that Jesus is not the Lord. Why? Because of the challenges they were facing. The persecutions. Many of them withdraw their faith. Because of the challenges that they were facing. Hallelujah. There's no way. There's no, there's no other way. You can know you are you. Okay? Except you go through the challenge. See, let me tell you, how do you know, how do you know your, your tongue, as I'm talking to you now, do, do, can your tongue taste? I'm saying, can your tongue taste? Yeah. <laughs> except those that, you know, except those that actually pathologically, their tongue cannot taste. So in other words, if your tongue cannot taste, you go to the doctor. But as I'm speaking to you now, hmm, your tongue is not tasting anything. But when you drop sweet there, your tongue will taste. What I'm trying to say is that you are more than a conqueror, okay? Where the challenges come, the ability will come out. 
should come out better still. So that is how you feel what you have. Your authority is felt in the challenges you face. So the challenges are not to make you back out. They are meant to make you stand your ground and look at Eldong, draw strength from the spirit and pursue. That's the way it happens. There is no way you can have in this life that you won't have challenges. You will have challenges. But that doesn't mean for you, that doesn't mean that you, you, you make your expectation, you should zero the expectations. No! It is time for you to pray, to fast, to pursue, to win. Say, I win always. I can hear you say, I win always. I can hear you say, I win always. That's the spirit. We win always. Yeah. Let, me say, let me say something now. Sometimes, let me say, not sometimes, most of the time. It's always, it's not, it's not so easy. Uh, hallelujah. Every one of us, listen up. Everyone, every human being needs validation. But sometimes, you know, some people, even some of us guys, who sometimes, you know, we feel, you know, we also need validation. Everybody, validation. You know, but validation, see, I'm saying something, you know, you know sometimes, you know, when we're growing, when we were growing up, you, you, you just want your parents to, to tell you that you're right. That, is it true? I mean, did, did I do you well? You just need somebody to tell you that, no, you did well. Hallelujah. Am I communicating to you? Yes, Everybody at a certain point will need certain level of validation. Yes, and that validation, most of the time, what it does is that it inspires strength. And I will, I will explain something what I'm trying to say here. Of course, we know that, you know, ladies more. Amen? <laughs> wait, listen, listen. It is true. Now, this is, wait. Hallelujah. This is not a fight, you know, feminine masculine fight. This is true now. Amen? For me, for me, for me, not until now that I'm married anyway, for me, you know, you know sometimes I just dress, you know, when I dress, I just put the things I feel like I go. I don't, if you say, I look fine, I don't look fine. <laughs> Is <laughs> you? I mean, I don't. I really don't even assimilate. If you say I'm fine or I'm not fine, I don't. It doesn't do anything to me. But for a lady, <laughs> Hallelujah. Even if it is one dot, they want that dot to be noticed. I understand. Say, ah, did you not? You did not see this dot. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you, did, you did not see this dot. And because you did not see the dot, eh, it becomes an issue. I, I've been doing this dot since. You did not see the dot. Some level of validation, okay, and what you have done is true. Sometimes, you know, you say, no, very good dressing. <laughs> nice. I, I, let me tell you something. Even in our work of faith, okay, we need it. And God knows we need it. And God knows we need it. And that's why we started from Hebrews 12. He said this. He said, in case... You start the work of faith and you are having challenges. You keep, you know, you're starting your work of faith. And you keep getting discouraged every time. Then he went to Hebrews 11. Say, hey, come. In the, Hebrews, the book of Hebrews 11, we have what we call the hall of faith. Those people who have done the same, who have gone through almost similar things that you are now going through and you are backing out. Okay, these guys, look at what they have done by faith. And they got result. Why do you think God is why do you think God inspired that to be written? So that when you read it, you'll be inspired to keep staying in the race. Are you gonna say at the end? He says, Look at it, talk about Abel. He said, Ah, look at Abel gave by faith. That's why I taught us a while ago that when you are giving, you will give by faith. Giving is by faith. He said, By faith, Abel what gave. 
and he obtained. So he said that he didn't say you got one, one, one multiple for. He said he obtained by faith. He did what he did, but he obtained. Are you going to try to say? So how do we give now? We give what by faith. And when you give by faith, what happens? You get result because you are giving by faith. Hallelujah. In case you are looking at Samson, Moses, Abraham, these are guys, Abraham, someone who trusted God for the fruit of the womb, he would have given up. He trusted God for years, for more than 20 years, believing God for the fruit of the womb. So in case you, are, have, you have an expectation, but you, your strength and your zeal is diminishing, look at Abraham. Look at how Abraham pursued fought the fight of faith, and he got result. He went on and on. Then he said in Hebrews 12, he said, look at this. He said, we are encompassed with so great a cloud of witness. What do we call witness? Witnesses are, witnesses are, you know, when you say somebody is a witness, somebody, somebody a testifier, somebody who experienced this. So I, I was there. I saw it happen. Okay? I went through this. Why do we need their story? To get proper validation. And it's a divine validation. God wants to inspire you not to quit in the race. Am I communicating to you? God wants to inspire you. God knows that because you have set out the goal. Sometimes you need to tell people. See, I went through the same thing. I've gone through the same thing you're going through. Sometimes some people tell me, well, I tried to do these things and I tried this medicine. I tried this career. I failed. Sometimes you need to tell somebody. And that's very important. Some of us. Who have gone through certain things in our life. And God has seen us through. God wants to use you. Okay. As a messenger of faith validation. To someone else that is going to be going through it. Am I communicating to you here? So you don't say well. I mean I've gone through it. Father I thank you. Glory to your name. And you have seen somebody going through it. It is time for you to arise. Okay. And God tell the person that you can also make it. You can come out strong. You can come out undefeated. You can come out unbroken. You can come out firm. You stay in the race. Look your name and tell you, say, stay in the race. Say, stay in the race. The writer of Hebrew understood the concept and he said, he said, we are so compassed about with so great a cloud of Hebrews. Uh, look at the Hebrews 12. Go there. Hebrews 12, 1. It says, wherefore, listen everybody, I'm rounding up now. He said, wherefore, See, we are also compassed about with what? So great a cloud. You know, when we say cloud, have you gone out? You go out. I mean, I don't know how it happened. I think Ben the kids maybe may be able to explain this more. Because when they go out, especially those is it with period, when you go out in Ben the kids, you see, you know, those mist. Now just imagine that this is a cloud everywhere. Okay, he said we are surpassed with testimonies of people. So in other words, sometimes, okay, when you are going through some things, you may not need you all. You may you may just need is to hear some word of faith, somebody who said they have gone through it to inspire faith in you. He said, he said let us lay aside every weight. Hallelujah. Let me say something. Listen up, everybody. Even in the midst, listen. Even in the midst of the clouds and the witnesses, there are certain things that we have proclivity towards. I mean, better still, we have tendencies towards. For example, this happens a lot. You see, this is one. See, what I'm talking to you here is reality. Hallelujah. There are things that happen that you just finish in your life. You say, no, I am no longer working with this kind of friends. Because these friends are pulling my life down. Or I'm no longer doing this again. Or I'm stepping out of 
my laziness to read the Bible or to pray, I'm now going to start praying. Or I want to start doing this. Anytime you set out to start doing something good, that's why you start seeing things. The devil will start bringing those things that you have proclivity towards, things that you have tendencies towards, things that you just see new movies start coming out. New series, those who have receptor to, are you know trying to say, yeah, weakness is weight. Some things, let me tell you something, when you sit down, most of the time, you don't feel the weight. It is when you stand up to start moving that you start feeling the weight. What I'm trying to say is that there are some weight that comes to your life to pull you down. They'll keep coming anytime you decide to step up to start doing something. Yeah. Then you start seeing all kinds of friends. Friends that used to draw you down, they'll start calling you. They never called you before. For past, they've never, but they start calling you. Are you getting, <laughs> am I communicating to you here? Things that, you know, their weakness, they may not necessarily be seen, but their weakness. And anytime you do them, they drag you down. You say, no, I'm not even taking alcohol again because anytime I take alcohol, I used to think anyhow. Well, I don't even say it's a sin or not sin. But you know that when you start, you don't take one shot. You, you know that you don't have tendency to take one shot. You take one shot, you take two, ten, two, until you destroy everywhere. <laughs> and now you make a decision. Say, yes, I'm not doing, I want to start something in my career, in my marriage, in my purpose, in my business. I want to start learning this. That is when you now see, ah, some friend will now knock the door. Hey, hey, Ideo, Ide. <laughs> there is enough. <laughs> there is enough. Hallelujah. And then, ah, ah, it is time for you to say, no, he said, let us lay every weight. Yeah. Hallelujah. Because those things are things, we are not talking about hope here. It is possible to pursue and hope and expectation that are unrealistic. But even when the expectations are realistic, there are certain weight, okay, that can pull you down. And that's what the writer of Hebrews was trying to say. He said, let us lay aside what? Every what? Every weight. You said to yourself, say, no, I think last semester I did not like my grade. This semester I want to have 90s and 90s and 90s and 90s and 90s. You made that decision. You wrote it down. 90, chemistry, 90, anatomy, 90, biochemistry, 97. You've written everything down. After you wrote it down, you nailed down, Father, I receive strength from you to get this result. And as you stand up to say that your friend knocks, see, wait. <laughs> we, we are going to uh, can you come? Just briefly, just one day now. Just one hour now. <laughs> because these are the things that you know that your weakness, your weakness, your weakness, and you want to go 30 minutes on one hour, you will not go one hour. You will go farther than one hour. You know yourself. Because if you are decided to say, yes, I will let go, then let go indeed. Am I communicating to you here? Some of you, it is eating food, 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 food. Before, you said, say, I want to start weight loss now. <laughs> I want to start weight loss. And it is when you start the weight loss eh, <laughs> that your roommate starts frying chicken. <laughs> Are you going to try to say, yeah? And you know that you have weakness towards chicken. You going to try to say, yeah? You lay aside every weight. I'm saying that this thing is applicable all round. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's applicable what? All round. In ministry, it's applicable. You are pastor in a cell. You say, yes, all my cell members. I want them to be serious with God. You, that, you went on fasting and prayer. And as you begin, you begin, you begin. And as when you are about to even start applying what you are beginning, there's something distracting that comes. Something that is peculiar, your weakness. 
That is your weakness. I'm saying your weakness because you are human beings. We have weaknesses. I'm not perfect, humanly speaking. I'll be a fool if I think, if I think that. Nobody is perfect. There are certain weaknesses that may not necessarily be seen. But he said, this, he said, let us what? Lay aside what? Every weight. They are weight, 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 weight. What does weight do? They pull you down. There's no way you want to run a marathon race with weight you know, on your back and you achieve quickly. You may not even get to the end. The fact that God wants you to get to the end does not mean you will get to the end. It is what God wants. But you also have to play a part. Don't say, well, God wants it. That's another thing that I told us. That's another unrealistic expectation. The fact that God wants it does not mean that it will be. You have a responsibility. And every sin that does easily beset you. Sin. This one is even direct and specific. Sin. There are certain sins that draw people's back. You know this thing draws you back. Sin generally draws back. Yeah. There's nothing you can do about it. Sin draws back. Even if your spirit is saved by the Lord because of redemption. Okay? Yes. Your spirit is saved because of what Jesus done, has done on the cross. But what sin does to your activities, what you do, is heavy. It brings mighty destruction to what you do. That's why he said, he said, even if the house is destroyed, he said, your spirit will be saved in the day of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Finishing strong. Staying in the race. Say, I stay in the race. In the, in the name of Jesus. This is not the time to give up. This is not the time to throw in the towel. This is the time to fire on. In our system, he said, looking unto Jesus. That's the reason why he said that. He said, who is the author and the finisher of faith? So how do you do the laying aside? How do you look? The way you look do is you look Jesus. That's the way you lay aside weight. Because you cannot lay aside weight by your power, by your might. It's not possible. You cannot lay aside sin by your strength and by your power. The way you do it, you look unto Jesus who has completed your faith. He finished it. He's the author, the beginning and the finisher of your faith. Hallelujah. Say, I'm more than a conqueror. Say, I finish strong. In the name of Jesus. Some of you don't need to quit now on your, blog, on your vlog. Amen. Praise God. You started vlog. Amen. And in your vlog, you were getting two, three thousand people. Uh, views. You get, after you do three thousand, two thousand, three thousand, you now made one video. You now got two hundred. Say, ah, I don't think this thing is for me. It's for you. Don't worry. Don't worry. Forget about whether it's for you. Continue making vlog. Continue making the video. Hallelujah. Continue making the video. There was someone, there's a uh, life clue. Life clue was making video, making video, making video. One video like this. Boom, boom. She just slept and woke up and saw over 100,000 views. Abby? Yes, sir. Uh-huh. <laughs> Are we together, yeah? It's not the time. This is not the place. It's not the time to give up. This is not the place to give up, to throw in the towel. This is the time to fire on. Hallelujah. Do you know, for me, for me, to be honest with you, let me tell you the time that I'm rounding up now. You can take my Bible. The time I fire on the most, the most, is when I have little challenge. When I have little challenge like this, I know, ah, it's because, it's because I have something. It's got there's something strong. <laughs> Hallelujah. The devil just didn't want me to achieve it. That's when I, I don't give up. Are you going trying to say, yeah? I repeat again, why you should not give up is when you feel those challenges. It's because you have challenges. It's, it's to, challenges should get you hungry. I said, no, 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 no. I will not give up. Before, you used to give too. 
I mean, you, your strength level is two. But now when challenges come, okay, increase it to five. Increase it to ten. When the challenges is ended, eh, maintain the ten. <laughs> you have grown. <laughs> Are you getting Of course, you cannot get result of two for ten. Because at the end of at the end of ten, at the end of the challenge, you'll be getting the result of ten. And another challenge, challenge of ten will now come. Let me tell you something. For every face in life, there is challenge. The Bible says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, and the Lord delivers him from, all, from it all. Don't think where, don't, let me tell you something. Don't think where, after I have faced, I've left this level, that I'm, I'm going to be challenge free. No, you will face a lot of challenges. Of course, it will not destroy you. It will not attack your emotion. Are you going to try and say, yeah. The more, it, you just build, you fortify yourself. It will not destroy you. But you keep winning. Say, I win always. Say, so I triumph always. I want you to bow your heads and talk to God. Talk to God. Say, Lord, I receive strength to stay strong, to stay in the race, in the name of Jesus. I refuse to give up. Talk to God. Say, I refuse to give up in the name of Jesus, in the race of life, in my business, in my marriage, in my relationship, in my purpose, in my career. Concerning relationship, I refuse to give up. In the name of Jesus, I refuse to give up. I look unto Jesus. Jesus, you are the author and the finisher of my faith. I look unto you alone and I receive strength. I receive strength. I receive strength. The Bible follow those, imitate those who through faith and patience obtain the promise. The Bible says, after that you have followed this faith, people, he said, you need patience to obtain the promise. You need patience to obtain the promise. Say, Lord, I receive strength. That's your prayer. Say, Father, I receive strength to stay in the race. I receive strength to say no to where I need to say no. To say no to those weights, to those things that distract me. I receive strength to say no to those things that distracts me in the name of Jesus. Open your mouth and pray. Say, I receive strength. I receive strength. I'm not going to stop you. Say, I receive strength in the name of Jesus. Say, I am a success. I am a success. I win always. I win always. I succeed always in the name of Jesus. No matter the cost, I succeed always. No matter the challenge, no matter the troubles, I succeed in the name of Jesus. No matter the trouble, I succeed in the name of Jesus. My future is bright. My tomorrow is bright. In the name of Jesus. My tomorrow is bright. In the name of Jesus. Open your mouth and pray. Say, Lord, my tomorrow is bright. My marriage is a success. In the name of Jesus. It's a beautiful one. It's a successful one. In this business, I succeed. In the name of Jesus, I refuse to give up. I refuse to give up. In the name of Jesus, I refuse to give up. I refuse to give up. I receive strength to finish strong. I receive strength to finish strong. By the Spirit of God, in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray for these ones that there will be a ceaseless supply of strength in every junction of their lives. In the name of Jesus, that where kings lose their crown, 
in this race. Where queens lose their crown in this race. These ones, they will sustain their own. In the name of Jesus. They will not fall by the wayside. They will be firm and strong. In the name of Jesus. They will do valiantly. In the name of Jesus. I decree by the power of the Spirit. That you will do valiantly. In the name of Jesus. The challenge will not succumb you. The challenges will not swallow you up. In the name of Jesus. The, the, the storm that, has, that is raging against you. Against your life. Against your career. Against your purpose. It will not swallow you. You will stand tall and strong. In the name of Jesus. The hand of the Lord will take you up higher. Above all the challenges. In the name of Jesus. The Bible says God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we think or imagine according to the power that are working in us. The Spirit of God is working in you. In the name of Jesus. The Spirit of God is working in you. In the name of Jesus. Your sight, your insight is getting sharper. From today, your insight, your revelation insight is getting sharper. In the name of Jesus. You are picking accurately the frequency of the Spirit. In the name of Jesus, you know what to do per time. In the name of Jesus, you know what to do per time. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We glorify your name. Hallelujah to your name. We bless you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Celebrate Jesus. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed.